Welcome to Treasure Mountain, the podcast that inspires and guides people to find the treasure within human experience. Before we get started on this interview, I wanted to thank all our listeners for joining and remind everyone that you can find out more about Treasure Mountain by going to the treasuremountain.info website, where you can find all previous episodes and information about all our guests. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe by searching for the term Treasure Mountain in your favourite podcast app, or you can go to treasuremountain.info, then go to one of the talks. Below each of the talks is a number of buttons which correspond with a podcast application, like Apple Podcasts, for instance. From there, you'll be prompted to listen on your favourite app, or you can just listen in your web browser. Don't forget to tell your friends about Treasure Mountain too. I'll have more inspiring guests and topics in the coming weeks and months. On this episode of Spirit Stories, we have as our guest Radan Kucha from the Czech Republic, who has set up a channel, Arjun Bramczewski, to translate teachings into the Czech language. As you find out, this effort has already had a big impact and may already be spilling over into similar efforts in, uh, for Ukrainian translations. I find hearing these stories of volunteers working to share the Dhamma in new places really inspiring, and I hope you do too. So join us for this episode as we find out about the unfolding of Buddhism in Eastern Europe. Welcome to the Treasure Mountain Podcast, Radan. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, nice to see you, Saul, and thank you very much for inviting me to this uh, inspiring podcast. Uh, it's a great honor for me to be with you. And uh, I must say that I'm doing very well at the moment because uh, I'm in a reasonably safe country, I'm reasonably healthy, and it's the summertime, so everything everything's fine. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and, and a very good point. We uh, should be counting our blessings, I suppose, living in peaceful countries. Uh, let's get started. Um, Radan, I'd like to find out um, how you first came to start practicing Dharma and meditation. Well, my case was, uh, I think, pretty much uh, an ordinary case. So uh, I came through a lot of suffering in my life because uh, uh, in the past I used to live uh, the life like a full speed ahead life, like uh, a life in a racing car. And so I had a, a very successful business. I did lots of sports and lots of entertainment and parties and this kind of stuff. But suddenly my body told me stop. So actually uh, I got a severe back pain and I was paralyzed for a few months. And so suddenly I had a lot of time to reflect, to think about uh, the reason and also to read and to search for some other way, for some information, how to solve this problem. So I was reading a lot of books and uh, actually I was reading an article written by a famous Czech banker and he was recommending a book. And this book was uh, Mathieu Ricard book on happiness. 
And this was very, very uh, inspiring for me. It absolutely matched my life experience and it resonated with me uh, so much. And so I started to read more and more Buddhist books. And later on, I was very lucky because uh, Ajahn Brahm's uh, book, uh, Opening, the, Opening the Door of Your Heart, was just translated uh, into Czech. So I could read uh, also his book. And it was not only wise, but it was also a great fun. So I gradually got attached to Ajahn Brahm and then things just continued. That's really interesting. I've also read that book by Matthew Ricard and, of course, Ajahn Brahm. Um, I'm curious to know, were there any teachers in Prague or was it just books that were your first point of contact? It was books in the beginning. I wasn't aware of any Buddhist community in the Czech Republic because uh, Buddhism is uh, very little, very few Buddhists uh, in the Czech Republic. So actually, I didn't search for any teacher uh, either in Prague or uh, in any other place in the Czech Republic. So I was, I was reading many books and there were quite a few on the market. So uh, I started to, to uh, watch uh, online videos from BSWA, Ajahn Brahm's talks and meditation and Sutta classes. And I got involved more and more. And so later on, I started to search uh, if there is any possibility to practice Buddhism in the Czech Republic. And I was quite lucky. I came across a Buddhist nun who uh, was ordained in Sri Lanka. She was Theravada nun and she practiced uh, uh, in a place in a small town, which was about uh, one hour drive from my town. So I started to uh, to come for Sutta classes and for uh, with my kids also for Dhamma school. And so gradually she introduced me to reading suttas and uh, then it just, uh, uh, my interest was uh, deepened. I got more and more attached, more and more addicted to Buddhism. And also I continued uh, listening and watching Ajahn Brahm. And I think his way of teaching was uh, the most inspiring and the most appropriate for my personality. So I just, I just stick with Ajahn Brahm for, uh, for many years. So in the Czech Republic, it sounds like Buddhism is really quite new and there's not a lot of people yet who are actively practicing. Is that correct or am I wrong about that? Yes, you're right. Uh, it's growing slowly, but uh, I would say that there is uh, less than 0.1% uh, of uh, the population is uh, kind of Buddhist. And uh, there are many little groups, uh, mainly Tibetan Buddhists. Uh, I think the most popular is the Diamond Way Buddhism uh, from the Lama Ole. And uh, there are also some Mahayana Buddhists from the Vietnamese community, because in the Czech Republic, there is a huge Vietnamese community from Vietnamese immigrants uh, from the past. And uh, concerning Theravada, I think there are very, very few uh, groups or, or even people practicing uh, Theravada Buddhism in the Czech Republic. But uh, I think slowly, little by little, it's growing. So we will see in the future. Maybe with our channel, we can create a, a little bit larger community of people interested in Theravada Buddhism. And maybe we can get such a like success, like in Poland, where 
at the moment there is a huge Buddhist community also because of their uh, YouTube channel, which was started uh, many years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And now they are uh, thinking of even uh, establishing a Theravada Buddhist monastery in Poland because the community is huge. So maybe it will happen one day in the Czech Republic as well. Well, let's hope so. And I think with uh, people like you uh, there in Czech Republic, I think there's a much greater chance of that happening. Let's move on to um, the work you've been doing as a volunteer. Um, you've set up a website and you've got a YouTube channel, Arjun Bramczewski. Uh, first of all, what inspired you to start these um, channels up uh, with Czech language translations? What inspired you to do that? Actually, the thing was that I was uh, attending uh, Ajahn Brahm's uh, retreats and uh, talks and teachings for so many years, uh, more than 10 years, and uh, I got so much inspired and I thought uh, that's a really shame that uh, people in the Czech Republic cannot uh, watch Ajahn Brahm live. They could read some of his books, but I thought that uh, to see him live is uh, even uh, more uh, powerful and you can feel much more emotions, much more kindness, and you can see what your teacher is actually uh, not only saying, but how he's behaving. And I think this is very important to actually see your teacher not uh, only at the time when he's like performing, but also sometimes when the talk finishes and you see uh, his immense kindness. And this is what uh, the people who just read his books uh, cannot cannot see. So I thought uh, it might be a good idea to start to uh, translate some of his videos into Czech uh, language. And uh, it became like my hobby. I enjoyed it very much. It was like an exciting puzzle game for me because, uh, for example, to translate his bad jokes, it's a real challenge uh, because he usually uses a uh, double meaning of uh, English words which are totally different from the words in the Czech language so sometimes I have to like keep uh, this sentence in my mind for many days and uh, uh, work it out uh, little by little what's the most appropriate way how to translate it because uh, it's it's really difficult to express his sense of humor in a different language so uh, it became my hobby and I started uh, uh, slowly to translate uh, uh, subtitles first, but it uh, appeared that uh, people are not interested in reading subtitles at all because people are just uh, too comfortable and they are used to uh, quality uh, dubbing or voiceovers. And sometimes people listen before they go to sleep. Sometimes they listen when they are driving a car or doing some cooking or something. So they are not uh, interested to, uh, to read uh, subtitles. So uh, I had to uh, like put more uh, effort and resources and uh, start to build a team of people who could uh, produce quality voiceovers. And, uh, uh, and we discovered that we really want to do a quality work. We don't want to do like a fast uh, translations because uh, first, uh, as a respect to our teacher, as a respect to Dhamma, it's uh, important to produce uh, quality stuff, quality videos. And uh, also, it's very important that uh, to get the right emotional impact on the audience, 
it has to be a quality video with a very comfortable voice, very nice, nice pronunciation, very uh, good translation with uh, uh, really the right synonyms, the right expressions, because uh, it's actually translating Buddhism. It's not only translating words or, or concepts, it's tra translating emotions. Uh, this is what Ajahn Brahm often says, that uh, meditation is not an intellectual state, it's an emotional state. So we are trying hard to translate emotions. And now on the feedback, we can see that we were really successful because people can feel these emotions and they, they uh, say it in, in the feedback. And we are so happy about that. Uh, that brings me to my next question, actually. What, what is the feedback that you've been receiving so far and how much traffic are you getting? There is so much feedback at the moment and quite a lot of traffic. <clears throat> Actually, when we uh, started uh, for a few months, uh, it looked a little bit frustrating because we had maybe 20 or 30 views a day and uh, almost no, no feedback. But uh, the thing was that I enjoyed the work. I wasn't focused on the success or on the publicity, on on the fame. I was uh, really enjoying to translate uh, and to listen to Ajahn Brahm and to uh, translate the bad jokes and, and so on. <laughs> so I kept working and... Uh, the views were going up little by little, like every month. But then suddenly, I think it was uh, this April, uh, we saw a few thousand views a day. And suddenly we saw 15,000 views a day. And there was so much traffic traffic suddenly. And we couldn't believe uh, what happened. So actually what happened was that uh, uh, the YouTube algorithm uh, so that uh, these videos are uh, attractive for people and they started to place these videos on the home page and so more and more people started to click on it and to watch it and then the feedback was the feedback was uh, uh, really running from every corner uh, of uh, youtube uh, and uh, there was lots of uh, uh, positive feedback. Uh, we have um, more than 95% of positive feedback, mainly from women. This is interesting that uh, it's um, mainly women who write uh, very, very positive feedback. When we have some negative feedback, it's uh, usually men who got uh, uh, hurt or who uh, whose uh, ego was challenged. So sometimes there is like quite uh, some frustration but it's very few very few most of the feedback is uh, feedback is very uh, positive and uh, people are saying uh, i think similar uh, uh, comments as you can see on the bswa uh, channel that uh, these teachings uh, change their life they can feel a peace they can feel uh, uh, more relaxed uh, comfortable some people asked uh, where is the nearest cave they want to run away from the world <laughs> and start to meditate straight away uh, and uh, we also get the uh, listeners from slovakia which is interesting because uh, slovakia is a different country with a different language but the languages are not uh, very different they are slightly similar and uh, the slovakian people started to listen to our videos and they understand it and they, they like it so it was a big surprise and we got uh, lots of positive feedback from from Slovakia and people are saying that they really appreciate the 
quality translation and the quality voiceover. So it's a uh, simple, easy to understand. It's uh, comfortable. It's uh, uh, peaceful. And uh, one lady she wrote to us that uh, even her eight-year-old son can understand and can watch these videos with with her. So we are really delighted that. Uh, the goal which we set up to spread these teachings to everybody and to make it uh, accessible to really everybody. It's, uh, it's really happening now. And congratulations to you for that. I do want to say I was listening to one of your videos earlier on, and uh, even though I don't understand the Czech language, I could really appreciate the quality of the production and uh, the the speaker, I'm not sure who the speaker was, who was doing the voiceover, did have a very soothing voice. I was quite impressed. Uh, so congratulations on that. Um, how long have you been uh, running this channel now? Uh, we started last year in January, so it's uh, like one year and a half, and uh, we've got more than half a million views uh, since then. And concerning the uh, the uh, voiceovers, uh, we are hiring professional actors because this is not an easy work to do, and uh, uh, this uh, we couldn't do this uh, with the volunteers. So the volunteering work is mainly translating and proofreading, editing, and and this. Uh, uh, um, work which concerns uh, the text but the voiceover uh, recordings are done by professional actors because uh, it's quite demanding and uh, it's very important and it has a huge effect on, on the audience uh, if the actor has a good feeling for the text has a good voice uh, knows how to express the emotions this is a slightly a different approach than the Polish YouTube channel has because in Poland the voiceovers are uh, almost without any emotions because the Polish audience is used to this kind of uh, voiceover recordings but in the Czech Republic is different the Czech audience is very spoiled from the past with a high quality dubbing and voiceovers so they expect that there will be emotions so it's uh, again it's very difficult to put the right emotions in all these uh, parts of the video or these parts of sentences and the actors which we are using, they are highly professional and they are getting uh, better and better with each new video. I can see their progress and I can see that they really enjoy it. They understand the teachings more. Probably they are becoming Buddhist as well because, of course, <laughs> they, uh, they were not Buddhist in the past. So uh, uh, this is what uh, we are trying trying to, to do. And... Uh, we would like to continue this way. We don't want to uh, uh, put a lower quality uh, in these videos because then it, would, it wouldn't it would make us happy. We want to produce uh, good stuff. And uh, I feel so uh, delighted sometimes when I sit down and I meditate and I listen to the Czech uh, uh, commentary with the Czech actor and I can see his beautiful voice. I can see this beautiful translation and it... Uh, has uh, so much impact on my meditation as well. So I like actually listening to, to these videos with, which we produce. Well, I have to congratulate you because um, it was a big decision to get professional actors in and to do a really professional quality dubbing and one which required, I guess, a big investment. And it must have been a little bit frightening to make that investment initially. Uh, but I think it's really paying off. And um, 
I've noticed that you've got over half a million views already and uh, the recent videos are doing really well. So congratulations for that. Um, I want to turn now to something that's very topical for people in Eastern Europe, which is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And I want to get a Czech perspective on that. Our listeners may well be aware that the Czech Republic is not far from the Ukraine. In fact, uh, neighbouring Slovakia shares a border. Radan, could you tell us how the Russian invasion of Ukraine has impacted life in the Czech Republic? Well, of course, this has hugely impacted uh, life of everybody here in the Czech Republic. And nobody was uh, expecting this kind of war in this century. Uh, but I was really surprised about the reaction of the Czech society, mainly like the ordinary people, because in the past, uh, the Czech society was not very much in favor of welcoming any immigrants, especially during the Syrian crisis. But uh, when the war in Ukraine started, there was a huge, huge solidarity of everybody in the Czech Republic. And people just started to help all possible ways uh, to relieve the suffering and stress uh, of the Ukrainian refugees. So uh, there were so many, so many volunteers helping uh, even at the border uh, in Poland or in Slovakia, welcoming the uh, refugees, helping them to get into into the right bus or train or sometimes even driving their own cars to the border and bringing these people to the Czech Republic um, a thousand kilometers. And uh, in the Czech, Czech Republic, it became quite normal that uh, many families uh, welcome these uh, refugees to stay in their homes. They hosted these families for many weeks and uh, sometimes even months in their flats, in their houses, even before government uh, provided any uh, sort of compensation. So it was just for free. And everybody got involved, like the NGOs were the first and the fastest, but also ordinary people and, and businesses. Businesses were offering their hotels for uh, accommodating people or sometimes transportation, free transportation uh, for these people. And you could see the volunteers everywhere on the um, uh, bus stations, railway stations, in, in the centers for, for the refugees. And also the atmosphere in media and in the politics changed. Uh, people suddenly uh, realized that we have to help and we want to help and uh, we are trying our our best. And so until now, I think Czech Republic is one of the uh, like biggest supporters of Ukrainian nation in the war, uh, not only humanitarian uh, aid, but also in, in the way of uh, military support uh, because uh, for example, it's interesting thing, uh, Ukrainian embassy in uh, Prague uh, started a fundraising for purchasing uh, military equipment uh, uh, for Ukraine. And people, ordinary people in the Czech Republic, they collected uh, uh, over a billion crowns in this uh, fundraising uh, activity. So there is a huge, huge of, of support of uh, everybody. And uh, the thing is that uh, Ukrainians are maybe culturally not so different from the Czechs. Uh, their language is uh, uh, slightly uh, similar. We, we can't exactly understand their language, but if you get used to it for a few weeks or months, then you can understand slightly more and more because, <clears throat> because, uh, sorry, uh, because it's all the group of Slavic languages. 
And uh, another thing is that people in this country have still the memory of the Russian troops, Russian tanks uh, uh, invading Prague in 1968. And uh, of course, there is a fear that uh, this uh, war can continue and that uh, we can see the Russian tanks in Prague again. So uh, there is a really strong support for for Ukrainians in any possible way, humanitarian and uh, uh, business and uh, also military. And I have to say that uh, also the, maybe you know, the first uh, important visit of the prime ministers of uh, Western countries into Kyiv uh, in the middle, into the capital of Ukraine, Kyiv in the middle of March was actually the Czech prime minister, Slovenian prime minister and the Polish prime minister. So they were like the first uh, to visit uh, Kiev at the time when it was not safe at all. It was really dangerous. It was still like bombing going on. And uh, so this was also a great uh, expression uh, of uh, solidarity, of support. And it's continuing. It's, it's going on. And also my family, we hosted a, a Ukrainian family of uh, two ladies and two little boys and, uh, and a dog. And uh, they stayed for a couple of months and then they returned uh, to Kiev after it uh, seemed uh, that uh, it's a little bit safer in Kiev. And uh, so this is what uh, the Czech people do. They just help uh, every, every possible way. Uh, that's really fantastic and uh, that people have been helping out so much. Uh, I did want to ask actually uh, what have you been doing personally? I, obviously you've had a, a Ukrainian family stay with you. Uh, have you done anything else uh, at this time? Well, in the beginning, everybody was thinking, uh, what is the best to do? So uh, usually people were collecting money. There was lots of fundraising and the NGOs were collecting millions and billions of Czech crowns. It's like hundreds of uh, millions of dollars. And so also we, we gave some money uh, to some NGOs in the beginning. Then we hosted this uh, Ukrainian family. But still, I thought that uh, I could do uh, a little bit more. And then it, uh, I got this idea that uh, the gift of Dhamma excels all other gifts. So I thought, uh, well, I'm translating these uh, amazing talks uh, into the uh, Czech language. And now in Ukraine, these people with this uh, incredible suffering, they will definitely need lots of uh, mental support, lots of psychological support, and um, maybe even lots of spiritual support. So uh, there was an uh, idea coming into my mind. I thought, why not to try to translate these talks uh, into Ukrainian? Because not only uh, we will mm, produce something which can be used uh, in Ukraine by the people for many, many years, maybe sometimes decades. And it's well known that this kind of mental suffering, it uh, stays in the society for m sometimes many decades. So this is uh, one uh, side of this help. And the other side is, of course, that uh, we can give some uh, some work to some of the Ukrainians who were displaced uh, from their homes or uh, who lost the jobs. And so we can actually practically support uh, a few of, of these people with uh, doing just uh, good work. So we decided to we decided to start a Ukrainian channel of uh, Ukrainian translations. And uh, 
we had to adjust a little bit uh, to the Ukraine conditions. Uh, uh, for example, we are not expecting Ukrainians to work as a volunteers on this uh, program because they are in such a desperate situation with uh, uh, no income sometimes. And uh, so we have to actually pay for all these uh, translators, editors and, and actors for the voiceovers. But we are very happy to do that because uh, this is uh, money very uh, well spent. And uh, so we... Uh, published a few adverts on Facebook and on other media and, and got uh, a team of uh, around uh, 10 people working on this on this uh, Ukrainian uh, project. And we got people from all around, around the globe. Some of them are uh, still located in Ukraine, in the cities like Kiev, Lviv, Sumy, Odessa, Ivano-Frankivs. But some are overseas, like uh, in the UK, in uh, Italy, Czech Republic, and we we got also a guy who is in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro. So it's a really global community of uh, Ukrainians uh, uh, working on on this program. I think that's really great. Uh, you, you know, it's one thing to give aid, but in, to give people a job as well is also a really great way of supporting them. And uh, I want to follow up on what you said about um, how the channel could potentially be useful for a long time in, in the future because of the nature of trauma. Uh, just this week, I had a contact from one of uh, Treasure Mountain's listeners. It was a woman. She is from, um, uh, she was from uh, Bosnia, uh, no, from Croatia, sorry. Uh, of course, that the former Yugoslavia. And she was um, a, uh, she was a teenager during the war in the 1990s, and um, it, the trauma of that really gave her many years of, of suffering until she found her way um, to start practicing meditation and practicing Buddhism, and now lives in the UK. Um, but she said how uh, the, the practice and hearing the teachings and the practice was so valuable, and it was such a long time after the trauma of having lived through war um, and some she did say some horrible things happened to her. Um, so I really hope that uh, this Ukrainian project is around for quite some time and that it can benefit people. Um, really, yeah, it could be a really valuable project. Um, I wanted to say uh, this um, Arjan Brancheski project is a really great project that is introducing an all-new audience to meditation practice and Dharma teachings how can people um, who are listening to this podcast support the Arjan Brahm Chesky project? Well, mainly by uh, listening and uh, sharing of these videos to other people. Uh, but it seems now that the Czech project is uh, quite uh, uh, well known in the Czech Republic. So we don't need so much like sharing support in the Czech Republic. But uh, what we need is... Uh, sharing of the Ukrainian channel because this is just starting and there is a very, very little traffic. And uh, I can see that it will be a little bit of a struggle to share all these videos uh, in Ukraine because maybe the society is not uh, used to this kind of teachings. So uh, if anybody wants to share or even sometimes uh, uh, 
find some volunteers, uh, Ukrainian volunteers who would like to do some simple help, like uh, proof listening or proof reading of uh, of these talks. Uh, that would help a lot. We also uh, opened a Patreon account so people can send us some money. Uh, but uh, at the moment, we are still quite uh, okay with the uh, funds which we collected by a little uh, charity, a little family foundation. So this is uh, the money which is uh, like funding this uh, all these projects. But in the future, if uh, uh, it grows, if we produce more and more uh, of these uh, videos, uh, definitely we will probably need... Uh, more resources so then uh, the money will be uh, appreciated uh, as well but uh, what i wanted to say uh, uh, something else uh, concerning the the ukrainians and the impact on the on their uh, psychology on their mental health i can see uh, on the team members how this work is changing their own lives uh, we got one lady who is uh, displaced in the UK and she told us that uh, before she joined this project, she was like crying for all the month nonstop. She was crying and crying and crying and she didn't know uh, what to do because she was, uh, she was feeling guilty that she's in a safe place, whereas others are in a dangerous uh, suffering uh, cities in Ukraine. So she didn't know what to do, and suddenly she uh, started to work uh, for uh, this Ukrainian project, and she found uh, a meaning of her uh, of her life. She found a meaning of uh, why she is in a safe place, why she can work to help uh, others relieve their stress, and uh, also I got feedback from from the actor uh, Vyacheslav Kostikoev, who is. Uh, uh, well-known actor in Ukraine and uh, he's uh, telling me that this work uh, works like a psychotherapy for him because there is so much stress, so much uh, fear, so much uncertainty every day and uh, focusing on this on this work, on this project, on these talks uh, is helping him so much. So I can see that uh, it's helping these people uh, at the moment, and uh, I would wish that uh, it will help uh, many more in the future. Thank you, Radan, for sharing those stories. I really appreciate it. Often, you know, some of the work that I've done in the past has been sharing teachings online, and I get very focused on statistics. But what you've just told me is uh, that behind some of these statistics are really powerful stories of personal transformation. And I guess that really motivates uh you and hopefully other people to to keep doing these kinds of really great projects. Uh, I do want to take this opportunity to remind listeners that um, there are going to be links to Arjan Bramcheski both and also the Ukrainian channel uh, will be in the description below. Uh, if you could take uh, Radan's advice or his his his, his plea to share talks uh, from the Ukrainian channel. Uh, if you know anyone who's uh, Ukrainian or speaks Ukrainian, that would really be appreciated. That's one very easy way that people can help um, help out. Um, before finishing off our little chat, uh, Radan, could you tell us where next, where do you want to go next with the project? What's your dream for the projects that you're working on? 
Well, I'm trying not to have a big dreams. I'm trying to focus on the tiny work and to have uh, uh, little dreams. So my next little dream is uh, to see the feedback uh, on the Ukrainian channel saying, Ajahn Brahm, you, sa you saved my life. Something like we can see on the Czech channel at the moment. So uh, this would be uh, my next dream to see a lot of uh, positive feedback and uh, many people saying that uh, even though the war has taken so much from them, uh, they found a new meaning of life, uh, a new purpose, and uh, it helped them to survive, to uh, change their life. So this will be like my little dream. Maybe my bigger dream would be uh, later on to try to start also Russian channel because uh, Russia is a huge country. The population is uh, really huge. And uh, maybe if we convert a little bit of uh, the Russian population, even some soldiers, maybe one day, even Vladimir Putin, who knows, maybe then all the problems are over. That is a beautiful sentiment and a lovely sentiment to end on. Uh, I think that it was a very good answer that you gave because your first part saying you focus on what, what's in front of us, do what's achievable and small. But I got to say, from that, some very amazing and big things can can result. Uh, thank you for all your efforts, Radan, and I wish you and all the volunteers in the Czech Republic and Ukraine, I wish you all the very best with the project that you're working on. Thank you very much. So thank you for inviting me and uh, also all the best uh, to your inspiring podcast. Thank you very much. I'm really grateful to Radan for taking the time in his busy schedule to let us know about the excellent work that he's been done in the Czech Republic. It's such an encouraging sign that there is significant interest in meditation and the development of wisdom in Eastern Europe. If you'd like to support Radan's work, please use the links below to find out more and to, to donate to this cause. In a near future episode, I'll be interviewing Peter Jagodzinski, who has been a catalyst for the spread of Dharma in Poland. So stay tuned for that episode coming up soon. Also, if you go to treasuremountain.info and click on the guests link, you'll see all of the guests we've had so far on Treasure Mountain, as well as links to their web pages, podcasts, Facebook pages, and other links. And whilst you're on Treasure Mountain uh, on the website, you could leave a comment by clicking on the microphone logo in the bottom right of the screen or you could sign up to our mailing list. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Treasure Mountain Podcast. I hope you can join us again next time as we seek for the treasure within. <laughs>